Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins. With me as always, Josh Brown. So uh, we had planned to go on much earlier tonight um, and go on after this Cardinal win. And well, 13 innings later, here we are. It is 1130 here on the Eastern Time, 1030 in St. Louis. Well, Josh, that was a interesting way to uh, get a win. Like neither team wanted to win the game. And somehow the Cardinals in the 13th inning get Albert's sack fly. And a Newt Bar bomb, thank goodness, because they gave up a run in the bottom half as well. Which we knew was going to come, right? That was bound to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, finally got some fundamental baseball. Albert did it earlier, a couple innings before moving the runner over. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I were sitting here watching it. it. It was rough to watch. It was one of those that just seemed like every time we didn't score a run, it's like, okay, Reds are going to get a blue pit here. They're going to get a wild pitch. They're going to get some, something's crazy and they're going to wind up winning this game. We're going to lose two or three, but the Cardinals pull it out and the new bar home run winds up being the deciding factor. And we can, we can get in a breakdown of this, but I will say, I think, I think Ollie managed these extra innings as perfectly as you could bring the extra infielders in some clutch throws from Tommy. The second one, not so much the first one clutch play by Yachty to get the tag, but man, what a, what a win. They needed that one. Yeah, uh, whenever I don't remember what inning was, but whenever they had no outs runner at third, um, first and third, I think, um, wherever it ended up being, and they brought in Gorman to be able to, to take out Dickerson and brought him on the infield as well. That was like, you have nothing else to do. Like, we got to try and save this game, and they were able to get out of that. I mean, I think Ollie managed perfectly through the, through the extra innings and um, just waiting for the team to start hitting and only hit after the Tommy – Double in the seventh was Newt's home run. So almost six, six innings later, there was only one hit since then. So um, the pitching, the bullpen obviously did great. The bull, uh, Quintana only went four and a third, I think, four and two thirds, something like that. Yeah, not not great from the starters yeah. in this series. I mean, none of them, I don't think any of them went past the fifth right. or even got through five. Right, but if you look at it from the other angle of the bullpen, the bullpen gave up zero runs in – um, nine innings. They just threw a nine inning shutout. The bullpen did. So you, you can't really ask much more than that from the bullpen um, tonight. Yeah. Plus what Jake Woodford did last night, three yeah. scoreless innings, one or two hit ball. Yeah. The bullpen was the deciding. I mean, they, they probably, I think would get the game ball for me. Yeah. really tonight throwing three innings to finish it out. Um, he was fantastic. Did a great job. Poised, especially for a young guy, a rookie, you know, a guy that, you know, I mean, with Flaherty out, was not expected to be starting this year. Did great when he was starting. Said, hey, we need you to go back in the bullpen. He's done great in the bullpen. He has taken the ball every time with, like, some authority. Like, all right, I'm here. I know I should be here. I know I, I'm going to stay here. And he's proven it. And, man, yeah, he's, he gets the game ball tonight. New bar gets to do his pepper grinder. With yeah. His home run. But the game ball has got to go to Palante for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to move forward a little bit, August – Talking about a little back going forward. August, this is the last game of August. Um, the Cardinals, now I don't know what the exact record they end up with. 22 win month. 20, well, is that 22 or 23 now? I thought it was 22. I think, I it, I think this goes to 23 now. I think this makes it 23 and 5-ish, something like that. Um, maybe 6. Either way, it was a hot month. Is the second best record in baseball in the month of August. Now, Obviously, that's great. Does, it, does anything worry you now that this series happens that they didn't hit very well? Does that change any of your, you know, as the best offense in August, right, uh, in the majors was Cardinals in all categories. 
Now, Especially home runs. Right. So does this 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 series worry you at all for that? Or are we just like, hey, it's a blip on the radar, off day tomorrow. We get the lowly Cubs coming in to go home this weekend. Hopefully it's a blip on the radar. I mean, we need it to be because it, that was the story of this series, really, especially with hitting and run, with runners in scoring position. Yeah. It was one – or no, it was like 0 for 16 tonight. Tonight, New, yeah. New Bar's home run was a runner on first. So, yeah, not good. Uh, first game, blowout win, 13-4 to four, or whatever it was. Offense looks great there. Right. But since that game, I mean, these last two games were, were really terrible, uh, especially situational hitting with runners in scoring position. I don't think it's too worrisome. Hopefully it's just a blip. We haven't been the best away from home. That's either. what I was going to ask, too. I think now with this win, we have a winning record I on the road. I think now. we are two over. Yeah, one or two over yeah. on the road now. So yeah. I was going to ask, so do you think that is a away from Bush Stadium effect? Or do we think that, you know, because at home, they are like 20 games over 500 right. plus. It's more than one that. One of the best teams yes. in the majors at home. And, you know, obviously the sweep of the Yankees happened at home, taking two or three against the Braves this past weekend it happened at home. The big wins of the season have happened at home. So does that is it because the home versus way is split, uh, home versus away splits, or you know is it is it something that it's Great American Ballpark? We don't play there well sometimes either. It could be that, yeah. It it is odd. I mean, especially with with the road trip like like this with Cincy, a team that's just they're really bad not right good, now. right? They don't I mean, have Joey Votto. They don't no. have. They traded away their good pitchers. They, they traded away everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have the, their closer, Diaz, is the one good arm they've got. He's had a really good year. He shut us down last night. But, I mean, every pitcher you saw coming in, every pitcher you saw starting ERAs over four at a minimum, most of them over five and six. And we just – I think that's the alarming part of this. We just didn't hit the ball, and we didn't hit the ball against bad pitchers. So if there's anything that worries me a little bit, it's the fact that it was bad pitchers. If this was a series against the Mets – and we had to face, you know, DeGrom and Scherzer in the series, I wouldn't be ripping the offense apart right now. But it's a little bit alarming that it was the Reds. So we'll see how they bounce back this weekend against the Cubs. But, yeah, it wasn't great. And I think the biggest – you don't want to say the biggest concern because he's been so good the whole season except for the first month. But you and I were talking about it. Goldschmidt's had some rough at-bats the last yeah. four or five games, uh, particularly strikeouts, like six or seven now in the last you know, four or five games. And missing easy pitches. Yeah, missing a lot yeah. of fastballs over the heart of the plate, like 92, 93, 94, not, not high, you know, high velocity pitches. That's a little bit odd. Maybe he's a little fatigued. I don't know. You know, some people I saw saying, well, maybe he gets the day off today right. to give him two in a row. But if that I, was I, the case, if the fatigue was the case, I would have, I would have expected that today. Yeah. But with a lefty starting, I, right. I, I would have bet against that anyway. So, but hey, they got an off day tomorrow to get back to St. Louis. Hopefully that, you know, settles things down a little bit but i will say i mean the one guy who's hit this whole time is no one i mean arnado's been great uh he was he was great in the brave series he he hit this weekend he's or this week against the reds he's been really he's been really good and lars newbar man i mean he finishes the month like in top two or three of on base percentage um you want to talk about a guy that's taken the reins of not only right field, but the leadoff spot. We've been looking up for a leadoff hitter all all season, and he didn't even start the game tonight. Right, and yeah, I was gonna say Tommy went back to the leadoff tonight. Tommy's been hitting the last few nights as well, which is great to see. But does Lars? So what do you do now with Lars and and Tommy? Where do you where do you go? I guess because I I guess when it's a righty, you're gonna put Lars up there. When it's a lefty, you're gonna put Tommy up there. As long as Tommy keeps hitting, as long yeah. as Lars keeps hitting, because 
what you'd like to see is what Tommy has been hitting the last few nights, which has been awesome. And it looks t- doubles and he's had slugging, he's power. It's all of it. So it's exactly what you want. But Newt has been unstoppable as well over the last month-ish as well. So, you know, I guess that's probably the best thing to do is take the splits and yeah. go go that way. I think so. I think, I think the way Ollie has been playing it is really smart. And we would have never seen this under Schilt no. or under Matheny. It'd be the same one or two guys. Oh, Matt Carpenter's a lead. DeYoung would still be playing shortstop. Exactly. DeYoung would be like Brandon Moss was a few years ago when he was six for 90-something and still out there. Or Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the way that Ollie's doing it, the way that he's approached it is really wise. Um, So, yeah, when when right-handed starters on the mound, I think it's a fantastic idea to have either Newbar or Donovan one or two. I I would even say because Donovan – what his ob his obp is over 380 i think it's i think it's so. four i think it's 400 he's again pushing 400 yeah so i would even say like i i wouldn't hate donovan leading off in newt bar batting second just because newt bar has pop i mean he's he's a guy now that was his tip home run tonight so he's he's entered double digits in a you know short a short time this season so he's shown that he has pop as well so i would even say maybe try donovan out you know, leading off against right-handed pitcher, have Newbar second. Either way, one of those, you know, those two guys, one or two in some way against righties. But Newbar, and I need to look at his splits more against lefties, but I know he's still been walking against them. Yeah. He's still been putting up good at bat. So with the way that Dylan Carlson's been playing right now, man, I know he got to, to bat second tonight because it was a lefty starter, but another just rough night for him, and he was pinch hit for later. Like the- I, I, I wouldn't hate Newbar even still at the top one or two, even against a lefty. Yeah, you know, I th- um, I think that conversation kind of popped up on 101 ESPN today or yesterday. Um, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Uh, kind of things. But I could see it if Tommy's leading off, like you talked about. If Tommy's on the leadoff, you could put Newt second. I don't yeah. know. I don't think I'm against ready to the, against the lefty. Yes, against yeah. the lefty. I'm not there to move him off that right now if it's against a righty because he's done so well. So like, don't change it up. Like, just keep it going. It's kind of how I look at it that way. Um, but that's, you know, that's the best case scenarios that they've all been hitting. So even on what is today now, the first game of this series, even Arnado didn't hit in that game. And obviously uh, Goldie didn't either. Still put up 13 runs. And they put up 13 runs beside two, two bombs from O'Neill. Yeah. Be, in in spite of those guys, one inning, those three, those two had the all three outs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, because of that, the rest of the team has kind of picked them up. Um, and they've kind of picked up Goldie this series. Like, hey, we still won two or three, and you weren't at the MVP caliber. It shows that the team can can win in different ways, and that's important because when we get to the postseason, you're going to need that. You're going to need wins in different ways, and you're going to have to. But you know what we didn't see tonight is being a win with a small ball way. Couldn't get bunts down. We had multiple opportunities in the extras or in late inning situations to try and move runners over. Um, like in the twelfth, I think Tommy couldn't bunt to move. And then Gorman flew out and would have been a sack fly yeah. in the to be able to take the lead. Then, so there's just little things that they still didn't do right this series, but still take two out of three. Um, you got to be happy with that part. I mean, I think some people are like, "Oh, we got to win all of them now." I mean, yeah. but it's the Reds, and you should, you know, be in all the games. But you know, you, you got to take what what you can, and two out of three against bad teams is still still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you need it, and just just keep doing what you're doing. And it's in that ballpark. I put that ballpark in the same as like Coors. It's tough. And like, you know, it's just a, a weird place to play. Sometimes the ball is just flying out. Obviously, tonight it didn't, wasn't really flying out for anybody, yeah. but you know, the, it, ca- the cameraman tried to make, oh my gosh. make that one fly. Well, I don't even know who that guy was, but I, <laughs> I thought the game was over. Um, 
right? It was ninth inning, tenth inning. Yeah, ninth. I think it was the tenth. Yeah. I I thought the ball was second deck where uh, O'Neill's ball was the night before. Like oh, I yeah. thought it was a bomb, and then it didn't even get to the warning track. Uh, just faking us all out. Yeah, faked us all out. Um, yeah, I mean, big takeaways. Bullpen was great. Um, Zach Thompson has looked good. He was throwing ninety nine the other night. I don't know if you saw that. He was talking about watching Ryan Helsley. Yes. Actually, in his preparation and bullpen and picking up some things and maybe pick up a few miles per hour in his fastball. So that's great to see. Uh, Jojo Romero, who we got in the Edmundo Sosa trade, he's looked pretty good this week. He stayed up to be a lefty. Um, so those two guys, you know, there's opportunity there now. TJ McFarlane, I know they got him back, but I don't think he's coming back anytime soon from the minors. So you need at least one lefty in the playoffs. I would feel more comfortable with two who could get some outs. And the opportunities open up for those two guys with McFarlane gone, with Genesis uh, Cabrera sent back down to work yeah. on some stuff now. So there's opportunity to, opportunity there. I like Zach Thompson a lot. I think he can he can perform in that role. Um, I think, yeah, overall the positive, definitely the bullpen these three games. Uh, Tyler O'Neill seems like he's back. That Braves, the, the uh, third, third game, the last game of the series against the Braves, big home run. He had two first game of this series. Didn't have nobody really hit yesterday. Yeah, nobody really hit tonight. But he stung several balls tonight, just right at people. So and Albert, Albert keeps hitting the ball hard. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard. And so that's all you can ask for, even against right-handed pitching right now. Yes, he's taking good so, at bats. Yeah, and he's playing a lot lately. A lot, even against righties, he's being yep. in the start. He played. He, he started all three games this series. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I, I talk about uh, O'Neill just a bit. You know, this team is way different when Tyler O'Neill oh, is yeah. hitting. If, if you get the O'Neill that we got last year. Yeah, with the way that that Nolan and Goldschmidt have been hitting, you get one more person in kind of that three to protect. You know, re- really no one. He's been batting fifth or sixth O'Neill lately. Ah, man, that would be huge, especially yeah. going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know, I try not to be hyperbolic in the things that I say, and I I feel with a a when if he's hitting well and Tommy is back on track, and you now you have Montgomery. And Quintana to solidify your 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 team and your pitching, yeah. And, and Flaherty, we'll talk about that in a second. Like if you have that setup, I feel really strongly about this team making a serious run to the NLCS and and possible World Series appearance. Yeah. When you're talking about that, those that type of thing happening, like, and I don't, I couldn't imagine me saying that earlier in the season. But when those when this team plays up to the abilities that they they can, the team is a really serious contender. It is. And I think, you know, the guys on uh, BK and Ferrario, and I think the Fastlane were talking about this today, but I think I heard it first on BK and Ferrario. Um, but they were talking about, and I, I don't know that I could think of another time that the Cardinals had this many players that can, can contribute, like the younger guys. It's like Brandon Donovan, right. Tommy Edmond, two guys that can play almost everywhere around the diamond. Lars Newbar, another young guy coming up who, has, he's been the one really to step up since Harrison Bader's been traded. I, we all thought it was going to be Dylan Carlson. Yes. He had a couple of good games, uh, but he's just – hopefully it's a sophomore slump this season with Carlson. But Newbar has stepped up, man, and he's just like you're – not, you're not taking right field from him. And Newbar was very good last year down the stretch as well, and he was obviously really terrible early on this year. Yeah. But he was – the player he is now is kind of what people expected him to be coming out of the gates this season. Which was probably unfair. Absolutely. Because he wasn't getting consistent at <laughs> Absolutely. He, he wasn't going to, especially with the, the addition of Dickerson. And Yepes came in as well. Yeah. Like, Gorman. yeah. Yeah, Gorman came up. Yepes, Donovan. Like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of bats to be had. And so, yes, he it was definitely unfair that that's what to expect of him. 
but he's now hitting that way and, and playing that way. And he plays a good right field defensively. Um, you know, I think about last year in that run of the 17 game um, win streak, he was a big part of that win streak, the catch in, 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 in the Mets game in, in New York. Like he was a really big part of that whole series. And so was TJ McFarland. but that was a big part of those guys uh, for those guys was in the 17 game win streak. And, and he's been really good. It's now he's playing back to that level and it's really good to see. And it, it makes the team so much deeper whenever those types of guys are able to go and, and, and play like that. I have a question though. I, I'm a real big, um, into you got to have winners on your team to be able to be able to teach the young guys and teach people how to be winners and and, and have the opportunity to win. Yeah. Is this window right now closing if this team doesn't win something that all the winners may no longer be on this team? Because this team, this team changes a lot of dynamics come next year. Yeah, It becomes a lot younger but there is not a lot of veteran leadership depending on what Wainwright does, obviously uh, to go forward that have won something like, you know, 2011 is, or even just played in playoffs, even, playoff yeah. Or even had good runs in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like 2011 was a long time ago. If you yeah. think of it, it was a long time ago and there's just bits and pieces of that winning caliber of players in this Cardinals organization that may not be here or a lot of them won't be here next year. So is it really important that this team makes a serious run so those guys can usher in these young guys for the future? I think it is. And I think, obviously, the guys we're talking about are, are Albert, yep. Yachty, Wayno. Uh, Michaelis has had a little bit of postseason now these last couple of years with us. Uh, Jack, obviously, in 2019 had pretty solid yeah. postseason. Yes, he had a great, yes. Even against the Nationals, even though we didn't hit. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, with Albert and Yachty for sure retiring, those are two guys who are huge that have that experience. So I do think it's going to be big this year for guys like Gorman, maybe Yepes. I, I'm going to guess that Yepes is the bat that gets called up mm-hmm. when when rosters expand instead of you know Alec Burleson just because Yepes has been there this year. He's gotten some experience. and he's on the forty man exactly. So guys like him. Um, the young guys, even a guy like Brandon Donovan, who's a gamer, you mm-hmm. know, not somebody who's supposed to be counted on this year, but he's, he is now. He's huge. Uh, he played like three different positions tonight or something. So he's he's been great. But but guys like that, like you're talking about, Tommy's got a little bit of postseason experience now. But, yeah, I mean, after those two leave, if Wayno, if Wayno doesn't come back, the only pitchers you have that have postseason experience are going to be Michaelis, Flaherty, and maybe I'm, I'm not. I would assume Jordan Montgomery has had appearances probably the last couple of years in postseasons with the Yankees. I don't know if he started any sure. games. But after that, you know, especially with your bullpen, your bullpen, you, you're not going to have any guys. Helsley has and, had some appearances, yeah. I think 19, 20 and, around there. Against the Braves. Yes. We can't uh, forget that. All mad about yeah, the job, yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, your bullpen's not going to have much, and these young position players aren't going to have much. Goldie and Arenado, I don't worry about them in the playoffs, even though they haven't had deep runs or, or, or won. They've been there, and I do think that, that they're guys that will be able to handle that stage. Um, so maybe they're the guys, hopefully this year we go deep, maybe they're, they're the guys next year right. that are leading that in. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's a good point, I mean, for sure, that that you don't you don't have that. You're not going to have that next season, especially if Wainwright doesn't come back to help lead the pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys talked about the Cardinal way and, and playing the Cardinal way, and that kind of went away when Schilt came in is what people talked about. Like, 
Matheny was very hardcore on it and they and got out kind of away from it. And the winning pedigree has been obviously a, a thing of the two thousands, St. Louis Cardinals, you know, and obviously in four and six and 11 and 13, that run, that stretch of seasons and, and even some of the seasons, they were still pretty darn good, made a lot of NLS runs, NLCS runs. But, you know, whenever they get to that point, this it's been 10, you know, 11 years yeah. since that has happened. Like, I wonder if, if, you know, they, I don't know, forget is the right word, but we as fans think about that's still this team, but mm-hmm. it's really not, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of that, that carryover anymore. I mean, because, you know, we're all a lot older since 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Or 2013, even, you know, I was thinking maybe, maybe we get in a good situation. And they talked about this on one of the shows I was listening to earlier. I think it was a fast lane, but maybe this is actually the start of that window. Sure. Because of the core. So I, mean, maybe, I heard them mention that uh, as well. And I, that's yeah. why I pushed back. My thought was at that time yeah. was, yeah, like this is the you window. Guys don't have experience. There's no experience. And you can look back at all the champions in many sports over years. There's always the veteran leadership that has right. proven winners. The guys have won something. But maybe we're going into a situation, maybe these next three to four years, that's more like the Houston Astros. So a young core that never been there. Yeah. Altuve, Bregman, Correa. Yeah, those but guys, they, had a, they had a little help. Well, they did, they did have a little help. <laughs> they did have a little help banging on trash cans and everything. Yeah. Else. But they were young players that had never been in the, in the yeah. playoffs. And I think Jim said before, or maybe even Danny Mac, you know, you get some of these young guys that come in, maybe they're just, they're, they're just ignorant enough yeah. to not know better. And that, that bright lights, they feed up. I could see Lars feeding Absolutely. off the postseason. Absolutely. And loving it. You know what I mean? Like not seeing it as a pressure. I mean, there's going to be pressure, but seeing it as like feeding off yeah. of it. And that's what, I mean, that's, you can hate the Astros all you want, but those guys are great players. Bregman, Altuve, Correa's not there anymore, but or uh, Springer's not there anymore either, I guess. But a lot of the young core for those three or four years when they won a championship, they kept going into those yeah. deep ALCS runs. Maybe we're coming into that with some of these players. And, yes, you're going to need – like they've got Justin Berlander, right? Like, right. It, you're going to need a veteran that's been there or, or, or two. And I think I think if Wayno comes back next year, I'll feel a lot better about sure. it. But in terms of, you know, other players, position players – Maybe they go sign. Maybe they go sign a guy that's been there before. I don't know who that would be. Well, I, I had that thought maybe as well. Catcher. I thought that. Catcher is the biggest hole next year. And I thought to the transition to that is the rumor of Wilson Contreras. The Cardinals yeah. are going to look at. And he's got. He's, he's got, got that person. pedigree, right? He's, he's been there. He's been there. He's won a championship. He's uh, you know been in a, a few r- good runs as well. I think I think it makes a lot of sense um, to be able to look that way. But I think it has to be on a short term and, and decent money. And I don't know what that even looks like. Like, I don't even know where the Cardinals say, yeah, we're interested. We're interested. And then it's too much. and It's too long. Like, I don't know even that. I don't even know where that is because you still think that Herrera is still that guy coming, right? He's only 22 years old. I hope so. Yeah. yeah he's 22 years old. And you think that he's, he's going to be but that we've guy. Thought this. How many times have we thought this? Sure. Yeah. Carson Keller's going to be the guy. Carson Keller. Yeah. Andrew Kisner's going to yeah. be the guy. And now it's, it, it finally seems like, Herrera but, is like really there with the Audi being done. But year. no offense to Carson Kelly, but he is that guy in 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 the Diamondbacks organization, right? I mean, he's not going to be as Yachty, but he is a starting everyday catcher in the in the major yeah. leagues. So like, and has been productive. He hasn't been great, right? But but has been productive. But when we think about catchers, we're really swayed. Like, arguably, arguably, we've had two of the greatest defensive catchers 
back to back. Like Mike Matheny was a great defensive catcher and he was really good. And I couldn't see at that time, like how is, how is this young guy going to take any time from Matheny? And obviously the concussions and all that is what, what ushered him out. Yeah. But Matheny was an awesome, like everything to the book of catcher. Like he was, he was great. And then Yachty is obviously one of the best ever. So, you know, it's hard to put Carson Kelly like, oh, yeah, you got to do that next. Like, that's we're, right. I, we, we pumped Yachty up so high, it's hard for anyone to come in next. Nobody's going to meet those expectations. No way. I will shout out to Carson Kelly. We, we played the Diamondbacks the other week. He's a good catcher, man. Yeah. I mean, you can tell, like, framing wise and things like that, that he like paid attention to Yachty over those years because that's something we've talked about. The Kisner's terrible. Tough on and he was really bad two yeah. years ago. It was, he had some bad stretches and he said he, he's worked on it and yeah. he has, but you know, so, you know, I think that we think, oh man, they've Herrera didn't do well. Kisner didn't do well, but they're not Yachty and they're not going to be Yachty. Yeah. And Yachty was no good in the, on the offensive side for a long while either. He, oh, yeah, he took, a while. took years until he was, was in a, a good hitter and, and he's obviously what falling off now. It was like his sixth or seventh season that he cracked 20 home runs for right. the first time or something and finished in the top five in MVP. I mean, that was, he was like clutch. six, seven, eight years in. It was more of a clutch exactly. situation, obviously, yeah. in, in, in the 06 NLCS, you know, big hits in his yeah. second season, you know, starting. Like, he was able to timely hit, not and, necessarily hit all the time. Right. And that's what's been so hard to watching this year. Yeah, because it's the the exact opposite of what we're seeing from Albert. Right. Like, I'll be honest with you. If you if you had told if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, like how it kind of play out, I would expected Yachty to to be better. Yeah, or at least at least still be a clutch hitter. And Albert to be the one, maybe we're kind of like, oh man, this is rough to watch. Well, and it was like that for a while. Let's not forget. Yeah, Albert Uh, had. I mean, he he hit he had some bombs there the first month. He did exciting, but yeah, he got real cold. I was worried we were going to be at five. If you remember when I said, what is the a hot take? That's a bad hot take is Albert's going to hit 200 and hit five home runs. And he was sitting there for a while. And I'm like, yeah. Oh gosh, it was looking rough. Yeah. But Yachty's just what well, he snapped a 0 for 22 tonight with a single, but you, you see what, where else he brings, you know, such like importance to the, not only the pitching staff and calling games, but framing and stealing strikes. And then tonight that play at the plate, Bad throw by Tommy, took him to his right, and he was able to come back around, get the tag, somehow not block the plate, and not have that overturn. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, no offense to Kisner. I do not think he makes that play. No. And, you know, I've seen – I a, don't think he gets the tag in the way that Yachty did. I've also seen a lot of people say that Yachty's got to be out of this game, got to be out of a game. Yeah. He needs less starts. But the 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 pitching staff is it's much been better, better when Yachty started winning when he yes back. when Yachty is on the field his he gets the respect from the umpire he gets the respect from the other team not running and not taking bases because he's Yachty or Molina and so that's the difference like Kisner is not going to be Yachty and, and neither is yeah. Yvonne Herrera so like in the umpires know that as well and even if the offense does what it's supposed to do and Yachty can just hit in a clutch situation, I'm perfectly fine with him not hitting yeah. very well because he's out there for the pitching staff. Yeah. And that's all that really matters to me. I mean, and people I've seen all over Twitter today and is just how, and yesterday, I mean, he, he was an over 22 slump before tonight, right. right? Like Yachty's out there to catch. It's back to 2004, 2005, Yachty and Molina in 2006. Like you're there to catch and make the, and, and defensively be great. Yeah. And that's that's what I expect from him from now and until the end of the season. Yeah, my only worry with 
Contreras would be, I haven't watched enough of him to know how well he is defensively. Yeah, I think his uh, defensive run saves this year is negative one. Okay. I heard that today. So not great. No. My only He's an upgrade from Kisner and Herrera, though. He is, defensively. Uh, uh, well, and offensively, for sure. Yes, he's and an he's upgrade overall. 22 home runs or something this year. Yes. He, he's always been a great hitting catcher. Um, but I would say he's even a, he's even an uh, defensively upgrade from those oh, two yeah. as well. Yeah, well, and he, and he has the experience. But I would say, too, man, my only kind of worry with him also is, why did no one trade for him? Danny Mac and others have talked right. about that. Like nobody wanted him. So um not enough to go get him. And I I wonder if there's just a little of is there is there some clubhouse stuff going on? Or maybe is is he not as good defensively? Or I've heard it's you say maybe he can't call games as well. Well, so BT said he talked to some guys whenever they were in town and said, you know, what what happened here, what's going on here? And it was possibly some clubhouse stuff. Uh, I could see that. And he, he's a bit of a flashy. Right, he has a little bit of that Javi Baez but kind of flashiness about him. When you're 20 games under 500, you're probably not very happy, right? I would hope not. Yeah. Right, so like it's he probably expects more from the organization. He probably expects more from his teammates. He probably expects more. He played on a winning ball club for a few years. Like I, he, I'm down for it to happen. But I am the, too. The only reason it's I'll tell you years why, and money is what matters. Years and money, but the one reason I I would be down to see it happen is just to see Cubs fans. <laughs> have a complete meltdown because they didn't care so much with Fowler, right? Right. I mean, they knew we got his probably his best season that yeah. 2016, and they did. I said that before we even got him. Like, this is not going to work out well. But Contreras, man, they would. Oh. And they think the world of him. They think he's a. Oh, yeah. Uh, they think he's yeah. like a elite defender, and he's not. And he, they think, like, if you talk to Cubs fans over the last, like, they think he is yeah. better than Yachty and has been for years. And he's obviously not. He's better offensively than Yachty. And he wasn't he, – but I don't know that – I'd have to look at the numbers to say that for sure. But I would say putting his numbers and Yachty's prime numbers, they've got to be very similar um, into what he did offensively. Maybe Contreras with a little slight edge. But defensively, Yachty still was better and, and is mostly still better. But I would be interested as well just because of that reasons that I spoke of. There's now – what are your other options? The A's are going to dump Murphy? Yeah, but it's going to cost you a move because they still have control of him. So, like, what are your other options out there? Herrera is 22 years old, not quite ready to go. Uh, and and this year was Kisner's year to, to prove to the Cardinals organization that he's ready. And obviously, I think by everyone watching, that proved that he was not. And he is not ready to, to take over the reins fully. No, he's not. And I was looking at Yachty's uh, numbers here we were talking about on the hitting side. So, Yachty's peak. I think we would all say was especially hitting was 2011 through 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, OPS plus 124, 137, 129. Those three years, 137 is the highest OPS plus. Yeah, that was the, that was the 22 home runs, 76 RBI season, finished fourth in MVP. I mean, right, he was fourth great. in MVP, 315 average, 373 yeah. OBP, slugged over five. It's the only year he's ever slugged even close to 500, and he slugged over 500. Uh, so consistently over like 125 OPS plus Contreras, his first season with the Cubs, 2016, they won the World Series, only 76 games, but he hit 122 OPS plus um, 2019 to today. 2021 wasn't great. It was OK. 106, 108. He had the COVID season in there. 2019 was a 127 OPS plus. He had 24 home runs. That's his career high. And then this year, 128 OPS plus at 21 homers. So he he's. 
I mean, he's got a chance to pass his career high in home runs yeah. this year. He, he, he could get to 25 this but, last but month. But the point is, he's not a but world beater. Peak, no, and his peak is comparable. That's my point. Th- but I would say Yachty, I mean, overall, in terms of RBIs, clutch hitting, probably better at his peak Absolutely. than Contreras is right now. That's my point. His, Contreras is already 30. Yes. It seems like he's younger than he is, but he's he'll be 31. He'll be 31 next May. Yeah. That's my point is that Contreras is not the world beater that people have no. led you to believe that he is. And how def- many gold gloves does he have? I, I would assume zero. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, because Yachty has won them all in that time frame. Yes. So, like, you know, obviously he's not he's not that what you think he is. But now, if you're talking about a two-year deal, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, 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 why not? and then you can obviously get him in some time with some DH stuff, just depending on what happens and if you want Herrera to get some – you know, and I'm perfectly fine signing him and, and shipping Kisner somewhere as well. Like, you know, for whatever you need, some bullpen, some pitching, whatever it is, I'm perfectly fine with that as well because you have to usher in the new somehow. And Herrera, as what they've said, is going to be that guy. And he's really young. I mean, 22 years old for a catcher. I don't know how old Yachty was when he came in, but it was probably similar to that in 04. Yachty was 21. 21. I mean, that's only played 51 games. In 04, 03? 04. 04, yeah. So, you know, and obviously he took over for an injury. That's yeah. a different That's a different thing as well. Like, But do you think it stunts Herrera's growth a little bit and his confidence if the Cardinals say they go do sign to two-year deal, two year, three-year deal? Two-year deal? No, I don't think it does. I, it's probably not going to happen because yeah. I think Contreras can get more than two years on the market with somebody that's, right. that's looking for a catcher. But – you look at the situation, it's like if you've lifted him up as the next guy, yeah, why not go ahead and give him the keys? Because you think the winning window is right now. Right. Because that and that's and that's the good point there, I think, too. Is yeah, if you think the winning window is right now and he's not ready, then, then you have, have to, to do get, it. You have to go get somebody. Absolutely. You have to add another bat because adding twenty to thirty more home runs, you know, let's say his career high is gonna be twenty five, adding twenty to twenty five home runs in this lineup that you already like it's pretty damn good. Right. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's ch- big change. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's re- re- where it really sits is that you're trying to add in more pop in a lineup that you already like. Yeah. And I would assume that free agent catchers in 2023 is going to be pretty, uh, pretty thin would be my guess. Yeah. I was pulling that up here. Uh, Contreras, Gary Sanchez is a name. Obviously, is a is a name. Is a name. Is a name. Not a name I want, but it is you a know, name. He is a name. Uh, Martin Maldonado is a name. I've He's a great around. defensive catcher, and he and he could be a guy that if you don't go get a Contreras, that I could see on a one year or two year deal. He postseason experience. Yeah, he's one with Houston. Yes. Uh, defensively great. He's he can call a game well. He's a great defensive catcher. Maybe you, maybe you do. What you did with Kisner and Yadia this year with Maldonado and Herrera, and give Herrera some of that experience and somebody to shadow. Um, Tucker Barnhart, Austin Hedges, Jason Castro, Mike Zunino is a name. Not a great catcher, but has a lot of power. Kurt Suzuki, solid defensively. So there's like some guys maybe out there in a one year deal. I think you're talking about one year, two year deal guys. Yeah. Sean Murphy's not going to happen yeah. uh, based on you got to trade for him and the he's got control, but also he's pretty young as well because obviously he's yeah. in, he's pre arbitration currently. So I'd be very surprised if they did that. Be, I mean, it would be good, well, but then you're you, really saying 
Herrera and Kisner, it's it's well, not going to be you. So if you go trade for him, for example, it would probably take Herrera, right? And maybe not. Would that be the worst thing? I no, mean, no, not. it wouldn't. If you think if you think this three to four year window is your is your time to go, you know, I mean, why not? Yeah, it, it really it's depends. Be interesting this it really depends what what they what the they being the uh, Oakland A's want right from for him and. I, I just and we know they wanted way too much for Montas, right? And it's and I think we got the better end of oh yeah of that uh, scenario of who they shipped out and, and brought in. But you know, I I just don't see them. I think if they're interested, they're interested in someone short term because they think they have it in Yvonne Herrera. But I always like to get the guy that's already proven versus the one that who's coming down the, the line in a few years. But Yvonne Herrera has been here already and hasn't shown a lot, but he hasn't been given a lot of opportunities. But it's all about the window. You think, like you just talked about, that Cardinals window is, is this year, next year, next year, like the next couple of years. You got Walker coming up. You have Wynn coming up. You're like, this team is going to look a lot different over the next couple of years, but it should be a lot better and a lot more depth to it. So you want, you know, some guys to add to it and add some around it. Uh, but let's let's move on a little bit and talk uh, Jack Flaherty. Yes. Jack Flaherty came, uh, pitched. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it's like seven innings tonight. Gave up three runs, nine strikeouts. Reportedly, even touched a hundred miles an hour. Yes, Um, he was pretty solid tonight. I just pulled it up here. Six and uh, two thirds. Didn't quite get through the seven. Yes, he got pulled on that triple. Runners on first and second, a triple uh, scored a couple runs into the night for him. But uh, the biggest highlights of this: one hundred and two pitches. 66 need, strikes. Need that. Good to see him throwing strikes. I'd yeah. like to see that probably. In the, I know Wainwright always talks about like 70 or more. If you're right. going over 100 pitches, he wants 70 or more to be strikes. 66 strikes, not bad. Seven hits, three earned runs, uh, two walks, nine Ks up. It's double A. But I think the biggest takeaway is over 100 pitches, pitched into the seventh. And his breaking ball – especially from what we were seeing with Kyle Reese. If you're not following Kyle Reese, follow Kyle Reese. How can you not at this point? He jiffed the whole game. Um, but life on the fastball was hitting high 90s. I think one time he hit 100. Yep. It was a ball. but Still 100. see that he has that. Yeah. Whenever he was off, we could tell he's hitting low 90s, yes. 93, and, and, and we're like worried. The slider was sharp. Yeah. And a lot of the clips that I saw, like, that's his pitch, right? That's his, that's his strikeout pitch is that slider and commanding the fastball inside. Man, he looked good, and and I'm telling you, we know he's coming in the rotation. Always yes. said that. It looks like he's set up to pitch Labor Day Monday, mm-hmm. either Monday or Tuesday, one of those two days. Probably is going to replace Dakota Hudson in the rotation. Would be my guess, unless they go to a six man. And if Ollie utters those words, I would imagine the first person coming to his office is Adam Wainwright saying, "We're not doing it." Yeah, right. but there's a du- those double headers still on the schedule. Yes, and it's yeah. a weekish away, something this. like that. Even if you have a double header come up, who would you rather see pitching one of those games now, Dakota Hudson or Jake Woodford? I think Jake Woodford's earned a chance to get a, a starter. He too. he does, but I don't I don't think I think they'd rather have him in long relief. I think they'd rather piggyback him again like they did last night. Right. I, I really dove into the numbers last night but because what if he had started him last night. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but Jake Woodford has been decent this year. But you know, he they tried that last year and he wasn't any good. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, he, he took advantage of a couple of starts, but then he got flat. But I, what I liked about him this year is they sent him down, even though he didn't have bad numbers, and they said, Hey, the spin rate's not great on your slider. We want you to work on your slider. Yeah. And he did that. 
And I don't know if you watched a whole lot or saw a, lot, a whole lot last night. I, I watched I watched him those two or three innings. His slider looks really good now, man. So I mean, he went down. So then that's part of it too. I'm like, how many times have we heard yes. Ollie say, "Yeah, Dakota's got to speed it up," right? Like, but he said he liked what he saw from Dakota last night. He said yes. he, he did what he was supposed to do. The my question is, how much longer is, is Dakota on the books, arbitration wise, all that? He doesn't have another year or so. Like, like if you're doing that, you're burning him because he coming coming off of injury. I just don't think that the Cardinals are, are ready to burn him uh, because you're so close to the end of the season, and you're talking about just one more start possibly, right? If you're talking about maybe one or two more starts because of that that double header, like obviously Dakota Hudson can be left off the playoff roster because you're not going to be able to need that spot. But like, you know, I really dove dove into the numbers, like for a fifth starter, like that's what we got to compare him to. I think we, yeah, we, we look at it and say, we need more from him. We need more for him. But as a fifth starter, he's, he's right in line with what fifth starters do in, in the major league baseball. Yeah. Like the average, the average team win loss for major league baseball is 500 for a fifth starter. Right. He's 10 and 11 as a team, not in his decisions, 10 and 11 in that. He's right on par. His ERA is four something. The average fifth starter is over five. The, I, think, I think the issue with him right now is he's not giving you innings. Well, he's yeah, but going, okay. So he's I, not going I over at, five. I looked that high. up as well. The average fifth starter goes 4.1 innings. Right. Like he's right in line with what a fifth starter is yeah. supposed to be. Now, obviously, they get much better when Jack Flaherty becomes your fifth starter or yes. – Quintana or however you're moving things around or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Obviously they get much better with Jack Flaherty. Obviously that's great. You know, but I don't, I think we were way overreacting of what Dakota Hudson is and what we expect of him because he's coming off an injury. Well, he's coming off an injury and he's coming off a first year where he had an an ERA, a sub three, five year. Right. And it fooled a lot of people because if you look at his FIP that year, the year after this year, the FIP that fielding independent, you know, which is supposed to show your expected ERA yes. based on great plays being made behind you right. on the field. Uh, it's always been over four two zero, right? Always. So even that year, I was like, "Yeah, but he's, he's getting." getting it was kind of like he, John Gant. You're like, yes, yes. like like uh, he's he's getting out of some stuff he's not supposed to. Yes, and I think the luck's run out with him in that in that regard. Yeah, his pitches are flat. Yes, he's coming off of Tommy John, which is a toss up sometimes of, you know, velocity, but. I mean, Justin Verlander is coming off. Tom sure. Brown. Yeah, but Justin Verlander is. <laughs> he looks awesome. Is Justin Verlander. I mean, yeah, but but Wainwright. I mean, Wainwright struggled his first sure. year off the Tommy John. Most guys usually. Yeah, do. it usually takes you another year yes, after you've missed a year. But my thing is, what if, what if we're looking at Dakota Hudson as a fifth starter when he's probably more like a Brad Thompson? Like, what if he's supposed Ouch. to? What if he's supposed to to be a sinker baller out of your bullpen when you've got a big lead or you're behind a lot or maybe a guy you're And he was good at that last year out of the bullpen. He did well with that. Because he can get ground balls, especially against right-handed hitters. What if he's a guy you you have coming in to get a ground ball double play? Absolutely. Not this year. This this year's not really what he's – that's not really his game this year. It's not really snapping off that way to be able to get those ground balls. But I think – I told you this via text, but like – Whenever he is a expected to be a third starter, then it looks way worse. It's it's a big deal. Like yeah. they've missed, and you know why is he put in that position? Is because the front office didn't do anything with their pitching staff in the off season. It's kind of like when Harrison Bader isn't hitting, and the team was really, and the rest of the team isn't hitting. People jumped on Harrison His Bader. Struggles are magnified. Yeah, absolutely. And then whenever the team hits, and then you're 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 better off. You're like, fine, okay. He just needs to play defense, right? It's that same idea. Yeah. And whenever Dakota Hudson is your third starter. Yeah, it's a big deal, and this is not good. 
But now that the rotation is very solidified, he's doing what I think would be expected of him. He keeps you in games on. I have to look it up again. I off the top of my head in 16 of the 21 games, he allowed four, uh, three runs or less, something like that. It's like in line with what you expect of a fifth starter in the major league baseball. And he's done pretty much that obviously Jack Flaherty coming back. He's not going to be starting. And I think maybe, maybe one or two more starts because obviously the double header, that's the only thing that's yeah. sa- that's keeping him in. And then he'll probably get some bullpen time seeing if he's worth being put on the, the postseason roster. Right. That's the big thing. Because like, I look, I think back to 2011 and Kyle McClellan was that guy. Yeah. Maybe 13 even, but Kyle McClellan was the guy that was the fifth starter, the long relief, that guy that we got bumped back and forth from that spot yep. and then was left off the playoff roster. and was like, wow, that guy really did so much for your season, but then was left off the playoff roster. That's kind of about where, where uh, he sits right now. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be surprised that he's left off the roster, but he still gets a couple more starts and he, and he's going to be the only, only one of three pitchers on the team to start over 20 games. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's making his starts. I think it probably a lot of this is recency bias. Yes. Because I was looking, I think it was 11 of his 24. It's almost half. He had gone at least five innings, three or four runs or less, which like you yes. said, sort of five starts. He keeps but you in the game consistently, kept you in the game. That's what you lately, need. That's what you need not. from a fifth starter, though. But the, the problem is here lately he hasn't been. Aside from his last start before, well, before this one in Cincy, when he went seven and I think gave up two or three runs. Yeah. He had a pretty good start. I can't remember who that was against. Um, yes. Just, yeah. I mean. But again, as a fifth starter, it's not, not terrible. Whenever he was a third starter, this was a, a really bad situation. Yes. And that's why, and and I don't put that on Dakota Hudson, that they expect him to be a third starter when he's really a fifth starter. Like yeah, that's I all think- John Mozeliak and. Michael Gersh, I guess. If he was at the Hall of Fame, I saw Michael Gersh, and people were like, "Who's that guy?" Oh, he's supposed to be running the ball club. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think Jack coming back. If, if he's even 80, 90, 70 percent of what he was twenty nineteen, is going to alleviate a lot of problems. If he's Jack that we know, I mean, you're talking you're talking about a huge x factor absolutely in the playoffs huge especially when you look around and see the dodgers have lost walker bueller for the year yeah to tommy john uh gonsolin tony gonsolin's mm-hmm. got forearm strain which typically leads to a shoulder yeah typically leads to tommy john they think he's going to be back by the end of september but that's a huge i know the dodgers just keep throwing guys out there like how, how about all their pitchers have under three era some of these guys i'd never heard of tony gonsolin before this year um obviously kershaw's come back for him they, they've got good starters, you know, even with those two guys hurt. But, it, I mean, if Jack comes back and he's good, it opens up it opens up a lot. I mean, I feel a lot better about an LDS or, or you know, an LCS if we can get there. Uh, I definitely feel like we can match up. I mean, we matched up with the Braves fine this past weekend and played them, you know, and that's somebody we could easily see in, in an L, in LCS or LDS. So I think it's huge with him coming back. Obviously, the question is going to be, one these next couple of days, how does he recover after throwing a hundred pitches? Right. I don't think he's thrown over a hundred pitches the whole year. Yeah, uh, yeah. This year, so that that was clearly intentional for them to give him one more rehab and see they want to see how he recovers. Uh, and then after that, is he the Jack that we're used to seeing when he's healthy? Because even even last year before he got hurt, 
was he 11 or 12 and 0? He was on his way to start. Yes, game. absolutely. He, ERA under he two, was spectacular. He was and we're talking about how big of a, how can we afford him is what it got yes. down to. Yes. How can we afford him and keep other players? Like yeah. how that's where it got to um, after he started just killing it. Um, and then he obviously got hurt and, and he hasn't been the same for a year and a half. Yeah. He could be a huge X factor. So, th- I mean, I think that's what we're hoping for, right? You're, you're after the first go of trying this, you're not expecting much. Yeah. But, but you're, but you're know? hopeful. Yeah. You're hopeful. You're very expectations hopeful. Are low, and then he blows past that. Then, and we ride into another hot September and we don't have to play just one wild card game. It's going to be really nice to have him as your three or four. I mean, and I've heard, you know, BT and some of them talk about it. It, Michaelis has struggled a yes. little bit this month. If he keeps struggling and Jack just comes out five, six, seven innings every night looking great, how, how do you not have Jack as your number three starter in a series? Or or even number two. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. you have Wayno. I, I right now I would have I think right now I would have Montgomery maybe as your, number two. I think he's earned that at yeah. this point, unless he just starts to fall off. Now, my thing with Montgomery is he hasn't faced a lot of good opponents yet. Right. So we saw him face the Braves this past week. We also saw Yankees, runs. but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was they they were not playing well. They haven't no, played. They well. come in strong. The Cardinals are almost as many wins as them now. Is if you think about that, is insane to me. The the start yeah, that the Yankees not- were on. Um, but yeah, he hasn't pitched a lot of good in this weekend. Obviously he played the Braves and, and it wasn't, didn't go great. Yeah. Five earned. Yeah. It was a couple big hits in one inning. Right. Well, um, I have, you know, you said we only wanted to go real quick. We're at almost an hour, like normal, Typical. but, uh, the only thing else on my bullet points that I had was to talk about hall of fame weekend a little bit. Oh yeah. You uh, to go to that. I was, was awesome. at, it was really cool. I had a lot of great experiences, but I've never done it before. Never gone to hall of fame weekend. And, it never really crossed my mind as something that I wanted to go to. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I got to be there for that. Like opening day. Not, I have to go. Bucket list yeah. Thing. Opening day. I have to go to every opening day. Like that's what a part of it. And I'm not that big of a um, holiday fan, Matt holiday being, I have never been a big holiday fan of his game, but more so lately listening to him on the radio every week, uh, listening to him in the booth uh, whenever he just uh, last week as well has made me more of like him as a, a person. And I didn't go specifically to go watch him this weekend. It just happened because I was trying to get a signing with Scott Rowland and Scott Rowland canceled and I got Chris Carpenter's autograph instead, which was great. But um, I did have a conversation with Chris Carpenter. I said, I want to ask you a question. I, the um, With the playoff format changing because of their shrinking it um, because of, co- uh, because of um, the lockout, right? They're moving, they're shrinking right. it all up. I asked him, do you think the Cardinals in 2011 are able to still win the World Series with the shortened schedule in the And so we just lost connection there for a second. It looks like we're back in there and you probably missed my entire story. So there you go. <laughs> well, you told me some great ones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to meet a lot of, a I lot did. Of I did. I got to meet, a, uh, meet and see a lot of the hall Jimmy of famers. Yeah, I autograph. mean, uh, Tommy, her, I mean, yeah. rubbing elbows with, with all of them. Big Mac gave me a fist bump. 
his wow. his big huge hand was as big as your head. But he had his World Series ring on, oh, nice. and it scraped me right up. Like I got a mark on my finger from it. Why I mean, it hasn't washed his hand. Yeah, so. it was it was great. You know, Big Mac's up above my shoulder. You can barely see him right <laughs> there. Autograph with Sosa. Right. Yeah, it was so so both of them autographed. But um it was a great weekend. Now I'm saying that will now be on my list yeah. of things that I need I'll to do to every year. Yeah, you know, and I it's every I think you have to be out of the Cardinals organization retired for like three years to be eligible. So yeah. we may not have very many good names uh available next year. Yeah. But like I'm trying to think who that could be. Um in that again, there's not probably a lot of good availability but it's still a good weekend you know every cardinal hall of famer most cardinal hall of famer are going to be there so that by itself gives you an opportunity to be around right with all that happening and autographs and pictures is, free, and, is freeze already in it no i don't think freeze will make it oh dude there are people, i've there are i've had this conversation i've had watching there i i've he's gonna make it for 2011 alone man. i i think i i think that he should I don't know. He had to place. The, it's there's a fan vote, right? But there's parameters. You haven't even qualify. Did he play enough season as a Cardinal to qualify? You know, who's not in it as well. The guy autographed down there is David uh, Eckstein. M- oh, World Series MVP. He should be in it. He's not either because they played these little bitty windows for the Cardinals. Yeah. So they're not in it. Their moments are. Their big things are. But they're not in. They're not in it because of they're not a red jacket they're not a, yeah it's it's a conversation i've had like i even asked david Eckstein when that was another one of those awesome by the way to get on the museum schedule and see who the signings for saturday every saturday when they do the signings like you got to do it and highly recommend it oh my gosh like it's 20 bucks to get an autograph from this week it was chris carpenter because Roland canceled but like david Eckstein, i had a conversation with david Eckstein and said you know what do you think about you not being in in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, like is that something? He's like, you know, all I wanted to do is win. Is never about the accolades a- afterwards. Is all about, all about winning. That's all he cared about. You know, so like, yeah, you know, I'm sure that they don't really care about. They think it's an honor. I'm sure, but like they they didn't play the game to get the the accolades. They played right. the game to win, and they both obviously won at the highest level. But so like, yeah, Exton, I could see. I mean, he only played three seasons. Yeah, I think you have star in his first two seasons, but. Nothing. I would have to look Nothing at crazy offensively. I would have well, yeah. I would have to look at the parameters on the uh to be in part of the Cardinals Hall of Fame. I want to say it's three years or four years that you had to play. Maybe even five years you had to play for the Cardinals. So Breeze is right at five. Yeah. So I don't remember the exact thing. So like, but again, his numbers were very not great either. Like it wasn't like he was a world beater, but he was at the end of 2011, right. and and he was obviously in the in that whole run. So like. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder if I wonder if it's one of those things, especially with Freeze, because both both he and Exxon don't have the gaudy numbers, right? The home run numbers right. or the RBI numbers or anything like that. But they're folk heroes forever. Yeah. So like I wonder if it's like an honorary type. You have you're a huge staple part of Cardinals history. Right. That probably deserves right. the red jacket. I mean they they I, I they, they named the lawn after him. Do you yeah. think that's his honor? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, but well, you know I, what I mean? I, is that why they did it? Because, hey, by I the mean, way, you're not getting into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, but that green grass is now yours. But why not let – I think it would be cool if you let if you let some of the the members now, the Red Jacket members now, have like an honorary 
committee that they can vote in. So that yeah, I, I I think that would be. They do cool. have a not the red jacket members, but there are a group that vote for down the line. Like right. after there's, you could go on the museum website and like learn about the Cardinals Club, like all of it, and how they decide. Like this year was, as we know, Charles Comiskey, um, who again played for the Cardinals not very long, and he didn't do much as. You know, for the St. Oh, sorry, he played for the St. Louis Browns, not the Cardinals, but he didn't play them for them very long. It was like 1800s at the end of the 1800s for like right. five years, you know. But he then did great baseball things. He he founded the AL, you know, right. like like he, they did that for the other things. And then Julian Javier was the other one who's revered as one of the best second basemen in Cardinals history, not in baseball history by any means, but in Cardinals history, he all of the highlights they showed over the weekend was him turning double plays. Like that's what he did. That's what he did. And by the way, Julian Javier is one of my new favorite people that I did not even know about as a Cardinals fan, that he was hilarious in his speeches and he was so hilarious. And I'm, I'm now a big Julian Javier fan and I'm happy that now I know more that I can't believe as Cardinals fans, we weren't taught before. Like we didn't hear about before right. because he was in the heyday of McCarver and Gibson and, and um, Mike Shannon was there and all those times that they were all there and winning World Series. You didn't hear about Julian Javier, and and that's really cool for him to be able to get that honor. And he was so happy to be able to get the honor. Um, and he was he's one of my favorite people now. But, like, to wrap all that up is I highly recommend going to every year now to go to the Hall of Fame weekend just for the opportunities to be able to be there with all the yeah pomp and circumstance which i love opening day for all that but you're also with around all those all those hall of famers that we don't know how long we get to spend with them you know we lost bob gibson and and lou brock and red in a matter of a you know a short period of time yeah and you know mike shannon was there and tim mccarver was there and uh whitey was there they're you know they're all there and they all come back to honor them absolutely and and it's it's really it's really cool and, and i tweeted at Dan McLaughlin how great he did and how, uh, how fun of an event it is. Yeah. And I plan on making it a part of my, my annual trips from here on out. So I've got here, I was looking up the uh, eligibility. Okay. The Cardinals Hall of Fame. Uh, nominees have, must have played for the Cardinals for at least three seasons and be retired. Three. Okay. Be retired uh, as a player for at least three years. Eligible pool of players is divided into two categories, including modern players and veteran players. If a player is retired more than 40 years prior to their induction, he is classified as a veteran player. So that's probably why you saw uh, Javier and some of these, you know, some of these uh, older, you know, some, some maybe not even alive. Yeah. Right? Like Grant Tricky and others that have been and, inducted in. And Comiskey this year. Yes. His great, it was his great, great grandson took the honor exactly. for him. Yeah. He was Charles Comiskey the third. Yeah. Was there and he was really old himself. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, player retired more than 40 years yeah. prior to the induction. So that's classified as a veteran player. So those modern players, they yeah, are. That's Julian Javier, I assume. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If he hadn't been retired for more than 40 years. But the modern players are the ones like Holiday and those. They're, they're selected by that the fan vote. Yes. So the veteran players are selected by what they call the red ribbon panel. There you go. And so that panel, interestingly enough, is made up of 14 members. Some highlights of those are Tom Ackerman, Frank Cosimano, Derek Gould, Whitey Herzog, Ben Hockman, 
some media, some former players. Right. So Tony some of those, Russo, Bernie Mifflin, so some of those red jacket guys, Joe Torre, Joe Torre, right. uh, Brian Walton of the Cardinal nation who we hear talk with, with Danny Mac all the time. Um, Randy Carricker, he's mm-hmm. a part of that group. So you got some media, you got some former players. They're the ones voting in those retired players of 40 years or more. So, but yeah, the minimum is at least three seasons with the Cardinals. So like, Eckstein's right on that cusp. Right on it. Yeah. Eckstein and now it doesn't say like three full seasons, right? Or minimum games played because obviously Freeze had a lot of injuries. Right. So but that it, it'll be it's it's a conversation. I think Freeze would get in there. But you, you, if you put him on the ballot, he's going to. Well, let me ask you this: Is David Freeze going to have a statue of Butch one day? Probably not. Who thinks so? Who has Just statues? Who has statues at Bush Stadium? Hall of Famers, not Cardinal Hall of Famers. Baseball That's Hall of Fame, true. Hall of Famers. That, that Ted true. Simmons just got his because they, because he got it okay. because he. So I I don't think so. Maybe they should put this amazing statue in the middle of Freeze's lawn, <laughs> or <laughs> the batters. How about this? There, there is one statue that I noticed this weekend that I'd never noticed before. By the way, in Ballpark Village on the Walk of Fame, as they call it, that goes between they from. Like the STL and in, in down all right. the way down to the World Series huge trophy, there's a there's a, a statue right there. Could you see a David Freeze statue in Ballpark Village? Yes. Yeah. Because that I can see, like out there, and especially if they expand Ballpark Village again, like they've talked about doing, and there's more buildings and more areas to walk. Yes. Could there yeah. be a David Freeze statue? Absolutely. But obviously, there's going to be a, an Albert Pujols statue. There's going to be oh, yeah. Yeah, a, yeah, a Yadier Molina statue. Uh, there might even be an Adam Wainwright statue. There might be a Goldie statue. There might be an Arenado statue. Like there's, there's possibility for a lot more statues to come. But I don't think David Freeze is going to be the one that's on Bush Stadium like property right there. I, don't, I just don't think you know. I just don't think it is. Yeah. It's going to happen because of the what they've set the Cardinals. The Cardinals' history is so big and so grand that as big of a moment as those were, there's 11 world championships, yeah. and there's more to come. And that is just a one of those events for a guy that played a few seasons. That's true. Big part of Cardinal history, but doesn't quite have the numbers. Right. I do think we will see a Wayno statue because I think that he, he comes back. comes back and yeah. gets to 200 wins. He should already be at like 195, 196 this year, but his offense yeah. doesn't do anything. That's why him. wins are dumb for yes, a pitcher stat. Pitches. I mean, Ryan Hillsley's 10 and 1 or whatever he yep. is. Um, I think we could see Goldschmidt and Arenado. So they got to win, by the way. They got to win. They got to win. Uh, but we saw earlier this year Goldie's 300th home run, I think. Yes. Right? We saw that in person. Arenado, after tonight, is three. I think they said three away from 300, three or four. So he's right there too. And by the way, sorry to interrupt, but we may never see 600 home runs again. Oh no. As I a career. Like the, the number, like, so like 300 now sounds like this little blip on the radar of like this little bitty yeah. amount. These are going to be big, important home runs when you're talking about guys get to 400 and 500 home runs. Yeah. I think, I think at this point now in this modern era, if you get guys getting to 500, they're, they're a lot. Right. It's going to, it's, and, and it's think- back to, dead ball type era yeah, and like i think arnado has a shot at 500 i don't know that goldie does yeah, unless he has like a like a nelson cruz type 
renaissance, career. Yeah. You, you know, in terms of aging really because well. Because he's like in his 30 he'll be 35 yeah so like if he played five more years and still hitting 30 home runs a season sure right yeah it's not it's not crazy but it's but it's probably unlikely i mean arnado's right at 30 but he doesn't get injured really either knock on wood yes he and arnado both that's why i say that they might be two of the last ones we see trout but trout gets injured a lot he does and he's in the 300 ish range now too i do believe he's over 300 but like you know, it's just it's just something that's not going to happen. Like what we're seeing from Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera, those guys and what they're doing right now, like you're not going to see these numbers ever again, which is just no, just insane. Trout's at 338. Yeah, so like he is 30 years old himself, yeah. 31. He's 31. Yeah, like he just turned 31 this month. He's like, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is, and it it just makes what Albert's doing this year even more. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole podcast episode on how unlikely. I mean, what the, what Albert's doing is it's the best case scenario. Yeah. Right so that's about all I have. Yeah, I I don't remember where we how Great we got off twenty two twenty three wins whatever it was. I mean, I don't know where that's at in Cardinals history, but <laughs> I don't remember a time of complaining as less as I as I have during Cardinals. They won the games long. they were supposed to. Yeah, and they won games that we didn't think they would. Yeah. And they came from behind. They had a lot of good come from behind wins. Tonight, Tonight was one. Through that. I mean, the the Reds Braves were trying to give it to them. But the Braves series, you know, they trailed probably for. They trailed several times. Yeah, like, trailed for many, many innings in that series. Like, they trailed for a lot more than they led. And they were able to persevere and come back and, and win two big games in that series. So, I, I think it's they're, – they're in the we, right path. We've always played – knock on wood – we've always played – pretty darn well in September. Absolutely. So let's hope that they just, and Yachty and Wayne and others have said before, we're a second half team. That's definitely been the case the last three or four years. So let's hope that it continues. Fingers crossed on people staying healthy, especially, especially pitching. Absolutely. Yeah. And we might be good to go. Yeah. And I, and I'm excited for the, the last month. We have a lot of favorable schedule which will help oh, yeah. get us set up for a, a, a good postseason run. The only teams we have left to play above 500 are the Brewers mm-hmm. four times, the Padres and the Dodgers. And that's a three games each West Coast trip at their place. That's going to that's gonna be a tough series. But you're talking, what, six, ten games? Yeah. Ten left of the uh, – 30-ish, 30-ish. I mean, I think – You should – still having a six-game lead, we, we should be good. Now, the next question is, who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs, the Padres or the Brewers? Brewers, obviously. I think I would, too. Absolutely. Honestly. We're going to be at home, which no matter no matter what, that's yeah. good, right? Because the, the Cardinals – does not scare me at all. The Cardinals play well at home. Yeah. And that's what – that's why you Especially had to win the division. Yeah. That's why you had to win the division because you don't want to go on the road for three games no. anywhere. Um, so, yes, the they get all a whole new life. I mean, on Saturday's game, it was a playoff atmosphere. In St. Louis against the Braves. Oh yeah, it you was. Could, you could feel it watching it on TV. It, it was. It was playoff atmosphere outside the ballpark, inside the ballpark, before the game, after the game. It was like it reminded me of going to playoff games and people just partying and having fun after the after a big win. Yeah. It was. It was. It was that lively and and that's why we have to win as many games as possible to be playing at home. Yeah. Because need it. Go and let's catch. Just, go catch just, the Mets. Yeah. Let's just say let's just go on another 17, 18, 19. Game win streak. That's and it. And we're only seven games behind. Get a first round by. Only seven games behind the Mets ish. Ah. Something like that. But all right. Well, that, yeah, that's all I got. Um, go to the Hall of Fame weekend every year. Enjoy yes. that. Experience it. 
I'm hopefully going to do the Saturday signings day with you next year because the Cardinals are at home for the on, first game of the on, season forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, do the signings. It's yeah. the most inexpensive way to meet Cardinals legends, have a conversation with them and get signings from them. Yeah. It's the, it's the best way. And I think, and I, and you get to see like, it's not all a bunch of no names. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's dudes you, I mean, Chris Carpenter signed this weekend. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys, uh, Tony Womack. I got up over there. Like yep. uh, there's been dudes, they do all kinds, even the lower level guys, the big ones sell out like this weekend sold out, but other ones, right. they don't, they don't sell out. So I, I recommend that. I recommend going. Do those come with a, a ticket to go through the whole thing? Yes. As well, right? yes. It does. To, and I've been the museum. to museum before. It's fantastic. Uh, this year's the 82 world series team has been, yeah. uh, last year was the 2011 team was, was, uh, I had an exhibit specifically. So you have like a news. The Cardinals Hall of Fame will sponsor this podcast. Absolutely. Brought to you by the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Uh, Yes. Um, We have the tweet that's out there for the Goldie giveaway. Goldie wins MVP. We're giving away. We're giving away a jersey. Got to retreat it. Got to follow us. Got to comment how many home runs you think Goldie. As this gets further along, it's easier to figure out how many home runs that Goldie might might end up with. The highest guess I have is fifty. Someone has. Uh, oh, that, that that was bold. Yeah, I was like, that's even what I said. It said fifty, but yeah, check that out. Make sure to retweet it so you can be able to win a jersey. Where the goal is to give away a jersey. I want to give away a jersey, and hopefully that means that uh, Goldie is the MVP, so we can give away that jersey. Um, so be able to share, follow us at, at that's a winner pod. Anything else? No. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I mean, we've got a really good chance to be having to give away jerseys. It wasn't going to happen with once. They, they, but remember, we let them pick. We did. The vote was Albert hits 700 home runs or Goldie wins MVP. Which one would you like us to give yeah. a – which is more likely to you so we can give a jersey away? Right now, Goldie's on a cold streak and Albert is six away. Do you still feel confident with that? I feel – I think both of them's going to happen. I do think both yeah. are going to happen. I hope both I happen. Gosh, I hope. Gosh. Maybe yeah. the tweet we should have done was, was Triple Crown that might have saved us. Yeah, triple triple crown is now looking bleak because he's a little, yeah he's I mean still only a couple behind home runs but yeah leading pretty well in average yes average he's got and he no one's catching him in average no, I don't think so RBIs though he's only a couple ahead of him. Uh, I think so. he was tied at last check in, yeah. in RBIs but anyways all right we'll see. that's it for that's winter, winter podcast August was a great month for the St Louis Cardinals go into September and let's win some more games and have a great month going into the playoffs. Thanks again for listening. This has been That's a Winter Podcast.